0: welcome to doc plus pod folks what's up i'm i'm pooh shiesty no no i'm kidding i'm terrence malik yeah uh, um i'm johan i'm vince and uh shiesty season approaching
1: <laughs> no, no 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 um i was telling vince
0: <laughs> about this rapper called the uh, called pooh shiesty uh uh uh-huh. He just dropped an album. So if you're out there listening and want something tight to listen to uh, uh-huh. on your morning commute, <laughs> dropping your kids off to school, start playing Shisty season approaching. Yeah, that name was Pooh Shisty, folks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
0: Excellent, man. Uh, what's happening, man?
1: Um, what what's going on? Uh, how how you feeling? Feeling good.
0: Um, I broke into Cashman, and I've, I got like eight doses of the coronavirus vaccines. I got one of each flavor. Yeah. Gotta say, that spicy nacho was hitting way better than the Cool Ranch was. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Salsa Verde, let me down a bit, but I'll take it however I can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, the, green, the green bag? Of yeah. course, the green <laughs> bag. No, I've been good. Uh, working... A lot, thankfully. Today's payday. So hey, I'm hey. I'm feeling good, feeling great. Um what else? Damn. <laughs> I've been having a lot of BLTs this week. We're back. Yeah, we're back. The summer of Johan is gloriously trudging forward. Um, what about you? How are you?
1: Um I mean kind of the same, been chilling, um working. Uh yeah, and uh, you know, using any time off to watch something or like really chill with Sophie or something. Chill yeah. hard. Chill very hard. Yeah, it's been nice. Good. You have been vaccinated? Well, I yeah, I got the first dose. What flavor? That uh that one was a cherry. That's yeah, cherry one. Yeah,
0: did it have like a really strong note of like citrus at the top of it though?
1: Um, not so much citrus. It did have a tartness to it. Of course. Um, felt definitely like pretty naturally flavored. I was impressed. Good.
0: Well, that's what yeah. we want out of our vaccines. Yeah, man. <laughs> Do you remember that there was that controversy with vape cartridges that like you were getting like some from like overseas that were just like killing 13 year olds? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be the same thing with the COVID vaccine.
1: Right. Yeah, because everybody's everybody's going to crave it. You of course.
0: Know? Yeah, hey, you're going to get it <laughs> once and you're going to be hooked. That's what I hate happens with vaccines, especially like flu shots. I just can't stop popping them. One or two of them. I'm fiending for more. Exactly. Need some more antibodies. Vince and I were discussing S- Superfinger earlier. Do you, well, uh-huh. Do you guys remember Superfinger cuz I still have the tab open. Um Yeah. If you guys remember Superfinger, sound off in the uh-huh. in the comments below. Superfinger shocker, of course. Classic sort of uh That's a classic thing. Honestly, yeah. Superfinger is like the revisionist shocker. I would say so, Superfinger is like the age of enlightenment, um, yeah, to uh as a response to whatever the other thing was. I uh-huh. just woke up. What do you want to talk about?
1: Um, what's funny is like we usually start by talking about what we've been watching, but that's what this episode is like pretty solely about is uh us talking about the uh, Sundance Film Festival. You ready? Yeah.
0: Ooh.
1: Hey. Did
0: you hear it when it was cracking open? It said, Sean Patrick O'Brien. Yeah. (laughs) I'm drinking a raspberry cran for the kid. Yeah.
1: Sunday is time, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, ski. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's do it, son. All right. So, Yeah. (laughs) we i wanted to do like um i feel like we should do a a pretty good like explainer you know on our past sundance experience yeah and stuff so um start by uh telling the people how many sundances you've been to
0: this is my 5th sundance yeah this is my 5th sundance obviously the first one Done remotely. Um, first S- Sundance was just you and me, then uh, everything after that has been with the homies. Yeah. So. Yeah, son.
1: Um, yeah, pretty much same. Except I, I didn't go one year. I didn't go twenty eighteen. Right. Um. But uh. But but but. I don't know what is, I. This sounds so corny. I don't know how else to put it, but I feel like we should get into like what Sundance means to us. I guess it's not corny like, at all. Yeah, but like you know, of course, as a as a film experience, but I think also like I don't know what it's what it's been like to be there over the years and. Uh, and like even what it means, like its placement in the year, you know, and how that, like, <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Like, Sundance, it starts the year. Sundance
0: so. just sets the tone off. Yeah, it sets the nuke off on them, as it were. Um, it especially going with a big group of people like we often do. Um, it gives you something to talk about for the rest of the year. You can talk about movies as they're slowly released. Then everybody gets together or does their own like little rewatches of them, which is always fun to see how it ages over over the the subsequent months. Um, But we all like talking shit, so it gives it it gives us something to complain about.
1: That is well, yeah,
0: we could have a perfect five star 10 out of 10 fest and we would still be talking shit into (sighs) December.
1: Absolutely. Right. As is ever right. No. Of course. It's uh, our God given
0: right <laughs> to to be brats.
1: Yeah. But I, I, yeah, you're right. So, like, usually Oscar season, like, the Oscars would be happening, like, within the next week or so. They'd be being um, announced and, at Sundance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, this is always, like, the lead in into, like, everything that's going to come out, like, later this year. And you start to look forward to what you did see and how it gets released and then the things you missed out on. Yep. Um, stuff like that. I think like I, you know, I only went once while I was in college. Um, but like, I don't know. It's just such a, a starter. Like it's right at the beginning of the semester. um, And then, I don't know. It's such a, like an, an encased thing of like hardcore hanging out with your friends. Like, in the miserable snow, trudging around, trying to get to places on time, right. trying to get in. Um, and then, and then you go back to the world, you know, and there was always, like, I don't know. It was, I was just thinking, I was like, oh yeah, well that always made me like a little bit sad. Oh, it always it was made like, me
0: extremely sad. Yeah, <sighs>
1: yeah. But now, now it's like even stranger this year that it's like, oh, well, we all just did this like separate. Yeah, It sucks. And it's like, I don't know how to place it, but I do, I will say I do feel pretty good. Um,
0: Yeah, sure. But yeah. I mean, it was, I, all things considered, I think it was a, on the stronger ends of fests I've seen, um, in the last five years, um, I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say that I think the majority of stuff that I watched, I watched, um, <laughs> excuse me, I'm a little congested. I watched 17 films. I think mm-hmm. over half of them, I would say I give the right to live <laughs> to at yeah, the very yeah. least uh, versus uh, if not outright liking them. Um, Yeah, I think, I think like the, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm sorry. The Met, the scale were tipped more favorably this year than they have been in other years. I don't know if that's just because I'm at home and I'm more comfortable and I'm not, there's not a whole bunch of extenuating factors about it, but. Yeah. um, I will
1: say it, it, it being a home activity now, like during COVID, Mm. um, was kind of nice, though, to have, like, something to look forward to. And it's, like, watching these things is something to do, first of all. Of course. Um, But, like, man, it it really did, um, because, you know, it's always, for me right now, it's extremely hard to focus, like, while I'm watching a movie. It's still like that. But um, doing it in this kind of setting, I don't know. It worked on me. and. It felt very good to just sit and watch a bunch of movies, cause you know I don't know about you, but like I get in a weird mood when I haven't been watching stuff. So, well, I, I'm feeling good. <laughs>
0: good, 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 good. No, I mean it. It, um, you know, I'm I'm I've been going crazy about my my end of year list. Um. Oh yeah. Especially last year, I think I mentioned it, it was like a my way of honoring uh, Eli was because um, I remember looking at Eli's end of year list that had like three or 400 entries on them and just getting upset. So I'm like, yeah. Who has this much time? <laughs> but he made the time. So I've been trying to make more time for it. Um, so yeah, my end of year list, it's so dumb. It's such a fickle thing. I recognize that, but it means like so much to me. So, mm-hmm. I've been I've been trying to go real hard on that so Sundance was exactly what you're saying a nice way to to just lump a whole bunch of shit together get ahead of the year a little bit um in a time that is normally really skint for releases so um yeah it's it's been good um I am also I'm feeling good I do miss my pals um I mm-hmm. miss the snow but such is life etc cetera. Et cetera things are fine. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, let's get into what we watched. Yeah, what's
0: uh okay, how many did you watch uh this year?
1: I I only watched 9 um because I was working um for most of the weekend. Uh though I yeah, in a regular year I think 10 to 12 is what we average.
0: Yep. Around about yeah. a bad years on 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 the on the 10 tip, but then, yeah, yeah, if we can max, it's usually like 12 or 13, I think. I think 13 was my record, so this year I hit four more than that, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. What? It's a good sneeze.
1: You bitch. <laughs> Go ahead and drop the album title on him, son. Uh, it's called Shiesty Season, guys. This episode is brought to you by Universal Music Group. Um, <laughs> excellent
0: executive produced by one Roderick Davis yeah. um okay so yeah do you want do you want to go first do you want to run through your list or um how do you want to do this
1: actually here I'll start with my list because it is only nine okay first the one that i watched was the sparks brothers did you also watch
0: i did watch the sparks brothers yeah so this is the new uh documentary by edgar wright um he's been working on it for a very long time um Mm. it is about the band sparks uh the the american sort of uh ever-changing pop band um the male Brothers make up that band. It's a two-person group. They've been around since like the 50s, 60s, excuse me. So uh, they've they've gone over a whole bunch of identity changes. Uh, how can one rock band be successful, underrated, hugely influential, and criminally, criminally overlooked all at the same time? Take a musical odyssey through five weird and wonderful decades with brothers Ron and Russell Mail, celebrating the inspiring legacy of Sparks, your favorite band's favorite band that last part I think is the only thing you guys need to key into there. He's, he's making an argument here that sparks is like the most influential like band. in Music. Um, Mm -hmm. what did, what did you think of this? What's your relationship to Edgar Wright, I guess first. And then,
1: Oh, um, I don't know. I'm not very into him. Um, hot fuzz is amazing, but, Mm -hmm. um, other stuff is cool. Right. I think he's fine. Um, but uh but you know, uh with his interest in music and his like like bount- bountiful like energy that he always has, like I was looking forward to this. Um but I don't know. It was good. Um, it just takes a long time. <laughs> it's a long film. Yeah, this movie is... Uh, Two hours, 15 minutes. Yeah,
0: it's it's a pretty long, long one.
1: Um, and and Sparks has put out like f- a million albums. So everything, it just keeps stacking up and stacking up. Um, so sometimes it's like his dedication to like documenting that, um, which I understand. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah,
0: I agree with all of that. Um, The I I do think, though, I appreciate how the documentary starts feeling a bit more manic and starts kind of poking fun at how much output these guys have have dedicated themselves to by the end of it, Um, because for the last like. Like, 30 minutes, it's just hypertext. It's just album after album after album after album after album. They're not even really focusing on, like, the specific eras of Sparks from right. that point. It it just starts, like start losing your mind. You start realizing like, well shit, how long can this movie be? Like, is he going to do 15 minutes for like every single album that would take yeah, forever? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then they brought in the scope or he broadens the scope, excuse me, to talk about like their influence. And he has people talking about them and how yeah. they're doing See, in the 21st that's century. Exactly,
1: that's exactly when the film like picks up for me. It's just like when you, when other people can finally chime in, it's like sparks finally catches on in some way and then it becomes about that conversation. Right. Um and it I mean, yeah, like that central argument that you're saying like it finally takes life. Hmm. Um and the film does like pick up and it is interesting um from there forward really. Yeah. So I
0: I really enjoyed the ride though, I'm not going to lie to you. Um It's yeah. I think uh I I wasn't expecting this to be that great um because oftentimes when people make films about stuff that they love like that they adore it's usually not very good um yeah it's usually just uh the like chris farley snl character like just fangirling over somebody without like engaging with it at all Um, yeah and this doesn't do that much there are some flourishes that are a little bit self-aggrandizing like including himself in the doc at certain points but right yeah to be expected i think
1: Yeah yeah i see what he's trying to he's trying to get out ahead of what you just said of just being like no like i am a super fan yeah and that is why i'm doing this you know right. this is not some kind of like fluff piece that some executive came and paid me a million dollars for like i love these dudes right um but you know that that would come through anyways <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah. i think i'm excited to
0: for this one to get a release i don't i don't think it picked up distribution yet no I'm, I'm excited to talk about it later in the year because i think technically he's he's using like a lot of different like techniques in this one there's uh, celebrity interviews, there's the interviews with the brothers themselves. It, it becomes a little bit, um, metafictional at times where it kind of puts a layer on top of it, like a veneer of yeah. like chintziness. Um, then of course, like old, like home video footage, photography, stuff that he clearly shot with them like last week, like lots of stuff in this. Uh, yeah. I'm 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 fascinated by the construction of this this, is, this is, I think kind of what it left me
1: with. Yeah, it's very active yeah. even in its in its talking heads and trying to throw other things at you and it yeah, it lets them play. It's very natural yep. in that way because these guys would do that anyways. It was yeah. I enjoyed it. Mhm. Okay. All right. Let me see. What else? Um Let's see. Did you watch the film Searchers?
0: No. Tell me about no. Searchers. Uh,
1: I can't tell you much because Sophie and I kind of zoned out. Um, it. Uh, the whole film basically is uh, people in New York and they have them like... Open a a dating app and swipe through people. Yeah,
0: I had this on my watch list because um, I saw um, it was picking up some uh, some heat.
1: It's I'm like I'm serious. That is the entire thing. You, that's all it. Yeah. And um, it is. It's not nothing, but it doesn't. It's not like fully satisfying to to be. That like to be only that one thing, right? Um, let me think. There, like, it gets like really great moments. Like, one guy who's talking his way through, like, oh, oh, uh, oh, this girl, and maybe, or whatever. And then you hear his mom in the background yell about, like, you need to find the good woman, or whatever. Like, oh, Jesus, yeah. So, when it becomes active out, you know, and there's a life like outside of just this dating world mm-hmm. that, that they're interested in. Um, and you get like, even that, that adds stakes to what he's doing. Like those things outside of it um, really, uh, yeah, that brings up just more life um, and makes me way more interested than just seeing somebody, you know, just look, look at a photo and be like, yeah, no or nay yeah no right Mm, mm, Mm. no like that searchers uh let's see did you watch prisoners of the ghost land
0: (laughs) no i'm not gonna watch (laughs) it it sounds like the dumbest piece of shit i've ever seen and i don't know if you remember (laughs) you you were with me when i was watching tokyo tribe on campus i i enjoy Sion Sono, a fair amount. Oh, yeah. Tokyo Tribe is a good movie. Uh, it's a very uh-huh. funny movie. Um, if you guys haven't seen Tokyo Tribe, it's essentially a West Side Story and, like, Akira put together. It's very cool. Um, Prisoners of the Ghostland sounds like dog shit. Prove me wrong, um, though, I
1: suppose. So... uh another one that we just zoned out on because it is dog shit and it's not even like you know god it gets it doesn't at least that first like 30 to 45 minutes that we were paying attention to um it, it it doesn't even get to like what's fun about Nicolas cage it's not wild Right. Um, it's actually like very slow, I guess it is like some kind of sci-fi Western thing going on and I could not figure it out, um, in that beginning. Yeah. And it's set like in a weird samurai world, I, I was immediately just no out on it and knowing that it's going to be that and not fun. Like, no. <laughs> okay. Can I read you this plot
0: synopsis? And I, I just want, I just want to gauge your reaction on this. Okay. Yeah. Cabby turned chauffeur Jimmy Tong learns that there is really only one rule when you work for Playboy millionaire Clark Devlin. Never touch Devlin's prized tuxedo. But when Devlin is temporarily put out of commission in an explosive accident, Jimmy puts on the tux and soon discovers that this extraordinary suit may be more black belt than black tie. Paired with a partner as inexperienced as he is, Jimmy becomes an unwitting secret agent.
1: I mean, was I describing the fuck out of here?
0: Was I describing prisoners of the ghost <laughs> land folks? Or was I describing the tuxedo starring Jackie Chan and Jennifer Love Hewitt?
1: Like literally.
0: Yeah. I saw the description for prisoners of the prisoners of doing mm. the most land. And I was like, Oh, wasn't that a Jackie yeah, Chan him.
1: movie? <laughs> Got his ass. Got him. Yeah, yeah. It
0: sounds like garbage.
1: Yeah. Fuck definitely. that shit, son. Um, but yeah, not surprised that it like was playing Sundance, <laughs> right? Um, let's see. I I watched Pleasure. Did you watch Pleasure?
0: No. Tell me about Pleasure.
1: Um. So Pleasure is about a um a twenty year old girl who leaves her small town in Sweden. Um comes to LA wants to be a big time porn star and like what kind of stuff she runs into, basically. Yeah. Uh, um looks like it's based off of a short. I think so. The movie is so smartly manipulative in in like just in a way i didn't anticipate it being especially like with the subject matter you're like oh great here we go and it totally plays with that it's like oh you think this is going to be bad and it actually turns out to be okay mm-hmm. you know like or whatever and then you and then she goes in thinking like you know i'm the shit this is fine girls rock let's do this and then it's horrifying yeah um and it and it shows you that it is horrifying and like we'll sit there and like let it be that um in a way that is like visual and also active like a lot of editing tricks happening um yeah so the filmmaking is pretty strong it's just that then um it kind of loses sight and it becomes this weird like moral narrative at the end and it doesn't really make sense right. um but otherwise it's it's not bad and i think some performances are pretty good. Okay. So, um, and I guess it played can or something, so. It did? Uh, yeah. That's always weird
0: when there's can runoff at Sundance.
1: It's so weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, what was that, uh, the other on the neon film? Le Nuit du Roy? The Night of the Kings? That one was also a can, mm. I think, uh, like, leftover over the that- that they played Sundance. Feel Just like weird. have we not have we not seen a couple of those while we've been at the fest?
1: I mean, what's it called? Um, you were never really here. That's
0: what it was. Yeah, that's the main one I'm thinking of. Yeah,
1: yeah. I wasn't there that year though, but it, but I did see it at Cannes.
0: Yeah, yeah. You watched at um, Cannes. I watched it at Sundance. That's yeah. a good one, for
1: sure. People are All talking. Right. They're
0: saying that's the movie of the year. What do you think? Yeah,
1: it is. Um, all right. Talk to did me. Did you see? Did you see? Try harder. No, I did not see
0: Try Harder, but I added it immediately to my watch list because it sounds awesome. Tell me about it.
1: So yeah, it's uh, it talks about in the Bay Area. There's this um, high school called Lowell High High School, um, where all the genius fucking kids go, um, and they all like just imagine everybody at your high school is competing to get into Stanford Mm -hmm. like constantly. And that's all that's on anybody's minds. Right. Um, so it's about like, it's about a handful of kids, but, um, I don't know. It's about the differing, um, ways of like living in that environment, I guess. Right. Um, because, you know, kids have different approaches. They have different pressures from their parents mm-hmm. in different living situations. Like, um, there are bits of it that get into class. Um, like, uh, there is one kid who, uh, he, he uh, randomly, halfway through, he's like, hey, I got evicted last night. Um, because my dad is a drug addict. And my living situation is absolutely fucked. Right. And... It is um you know it's it's for the most part taking place senior year for these kids and then as time is marching on i just like you you <laughs> like your body tightens cuz you're like ugh this is i'm terrified for these kids to to be told no <laughs> right um but yeah that sounds yeah. like
0: my worst nightmare
1: it, yeah no it's it's like being there sounds insane and horrifying and awful, but like some of these kids are pretty cool. Um yeah.
0: Yeah. As you know, I have a lot of trauma with that air that part of my life. So I uh-huh. I was telling Hannah I, I think I I mean I wanna watch it, but I also don't want to go into a depressive spiral. So we will right. see. Um this one is also produced by Tony Shea. I saw that. Yes, a whole bunch of shit at the fest this year. Uh, I'll talk about him later, though.
1: Um, oh wow!
0: Yeah. All right. What else you got?
1: Um. Did you see Cusp? Mm-mm. No. no. Um. Tell me about it. It's a small town, Texas. Uh, it's about these three teenage girls. Um, or no? Isn't it? Is that a? I think it's like three or four of them. But um, now Cusp is a documentary, right? It is a documentary. Um, but yeah, it's about like just one summer of their lives um, and following them around.
0: <clears throat> okay, and this is the one that had the ripping soundtrack, right?
1: Um, no the the I mean, kind of. Yeah the the entire soundtrack is just Little Peep. The whole thing. The whole thing. Did they like pay for Little Peep? Like. <laughs> I I do not know. I read last night um this piece in uh filmmaker magazine mm-hmm. um from Vidim Rizov who I like and uh Abby Sun and then yeah they have a piece where they go back and forth basically I'm talking about Cusp, um which neither of them like very much um, which I'm in the exact same boat as them. And I'm going to steal what they said because I knew something was, like, wrong um, with the film. And Mm. it is just, I mean, like, I picked up on, like, it's these kids partying. So it makes sense that, like, I don't know, there's just this weird, like, sadness in the air of these, like, young kids who were, like, drinking and smoking and stuff, like, all the time. um, And being out in the middle of Texas with nothing to do. Right. And having the little peep soundtrack go. But, like, the, uh, I don't know. It It's, what they get into in that piece um, is about how it's, like, not actually observational. Like, it's, it, like, captures, like, small moments. Like, it feels like American honey. Like, no, you're getting, you. yeah, exactly. These flashes of things of just, like, exactly what you would expect, basically. Um, and then there is, like, <clears throat> like, one through line, which is... I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but it is like it it's what the entire film is about is just like these girls all have like some kind of sexual assault story oh, already Jesus. at their young age and how they're approaching that um, and trying to deal with that and their living situations, um, you know, while they're like 15 mm-hmm. and it's summertime and stuff uh, and it it focuses in so hard on that, that you like forget that these girls are friends. And then there are some moments like the better moments are things like that. Like, yeah, I wish that it, it would be patient and sit with them to just be like, as they are Right. Uh, instead of like, I don't know, chopping stuff up or using the like exactly what you would expect kind of like nice vista like somebody standing on a porch of course at, at texas sunset like all the time uh yeah gotcha. missed opportunity imo but
0: yeah, some yeah. i'm seeing letterbox comments that were like oh i was expecting this to be minding the gap but it wasn't yeah. minding the gap it doesn't no. like that." <laughs> exactly yeah as we all know minding the gap perfect film it's a banger dudes rock dudes rock yeah, or I, do they? Yeah, um, thinking emoji. Um, uh, I probably won't be rushing out to watch Cusp. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that one on the back burner, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I. It's just strange. I also in that piece, I guess I missed it. I I misspoke in my review. It's not. It's. Like one of the, it's directed by these two women. And then one of them is also an editor on the film. But then on top of that, there are five other editors credited on the film. And it, I'm like, seriously, like as it's, I don't know, as it is currently edited, it feels like it is put together by people who weren't there. Right. Right. So right, right you can right. tell. Yeah. Well, um. That is yeah. a problem. <laughs> yes. That's not a good thing. But, no. Um, Johan, please tell me you watched "We're All Going to the World's Fair." I did watch "We're All Going to the World's Fair." Let's yeah. go. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was
0: rock solid. Directed by uh-huh. Jane Schoenbrum. I hope I'm pronouncing uh-huh. that right. Um, they have feature film. I think they've made features before, but this is their new new joint. Um, it is. Let's see. Teenage Casey sitting alone in her attic bedroom scrolling the internet. She has finally decided to take the World's Fair Challenge, an online role-playing horror game, and embrace the uncertainty it promises. So it's basically um, one, its like a processual uh, experience with this young girl um, who did this <coughs> challenge. She's waiting for stuff to happen to her, right? Um, yes. I don't know. It's like the Momo challenge or like the blue whale challenge or any of that stuff that like these kids do. My kids at work used to do, um, where they then spend the subsequent like two weeks just like living in fear of everything. <laughs> um, but yeah. no spoilers. Uh, we're all going to the World's Fair, includes another character in it, um, who reaches out to Casey. Um, and that's that's when things start getting extremely weird. Yeah. Super weird.
1: It's a very weird film.
0: But the way that this movie handles... I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, the way it handles that specific weirdness, I think, is mm-hmm. one of the most heartbreaking things I've seen in a really fucking long time.
1: It is... In a way that you wouldn't expect it to be, Not right? at all. It like, is, I, exactly. It is
0: the most... Hal Ashby shit, but it it yeah it, it hits yeah oh my god it hits dude it fucking hits
1: it's very sad um yeah for both of them it's a god it's a it's a I, portrait
0: of a very specific midwestern malaise midwestern melancholy that I'm glad is being captured see, in this movie man I don't know if it's even in the Midwest but it is like I think it's in New Jersey son. That's Chicago sadness, dude. I've seen that. I swear. That's the Mil- that's the Milwaukee melancholies, my dude. Yeah.
1: My my cousin had caught that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he had caught that when he went down there. He he didn't have the vaccine. Um that's so funny. Uh
0: no, you're stuck in the house on your computer because it's snowing outside and you can't do
1: shit. You can't even go to school. No. And And you're a a growing adolescent and you cannot handle that, that amount of stasis. Um, Not at all. And that's why kids go on the internet searching for life, searching for something. Yeah. You you um, search for communities
0: in the hope that there are other isolated people exactly like you who want to talk to you and share experiences with you. But then you realize that like everybody online to a certain extent, especially like zoomers, um, they're all alone together. They're not together. There is yeah. no sense of community. Um, everybody is just sort of in their own little teacup that's like spinning on its own axis. Mm-hmm. And they happen to intersect at certain points. And that's it. You 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 only ever see the two characters in this movie, right? You only ever see Casey and... Is his name JLB? Yeah. Right? You don't, You see them have conversations, right? And mm-hmm. share time together. Yet they're completely separate. You see what right, I'm saying? Exactly. They're their own complete yeah, yeah. different axes. Um, yeah. Really clever filmmaking here from Jane Stonebroom. Um,
1: um, I... Man, also like getting into what a what a teenager like this would would post like on YouTube if they had like their own channel is so good. Um and I wanted to talk about there's one video in particular where um uh she's she's filming like Christmas lights like, yeah. on a tree. Yeah. And then she starts to like swirl the camera around. So it's like then the lights become these like shrieks and it's like the whole film right there for me, it's like wanting this, like these mundane, like Christmas decorations, um, to come to life as like a, a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just that like, we're all desperate cause we all want to be like changed yeah. by something yep. or, or, like, at the very least, or, like, to transcend in some way. Everybody just um, wants
0: to feel something. That is that is what it boils down to, is we are all in search of feelings, new feelings, or chasing old feelings that we felt and that we aren't going to feel again. hmm And that's all she's doing. She's trying to—she's, like, what? Is she, like, probably 15, right? 14, 15? Um,
1: yeah, something like that. Yeah,
0: and she's trying to like chase the experiences of like an entire life. Yeah, from exactly. the comfort of her bedroom, which is like completely misguided. We can say that as adults, like obviously, like that's not going to happen. Yeah. But as a, as a kid, like it makes perfect sense to me. I'm gonna or I'm gonna experience as much as I can through this goddamn computer. Yeah. So astute man oh my god and then the soundtrack fucking bangs
1: it do it do oh yeah we got to talk about old dude
0: it is a sandy alex g i think he's just going by alex g now
1: but um Mm -hmm. he's got guitar credits on frank ocean's endless
0: yeah he played he played the 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 he played slide on me
1: yeah and and he has someone blonde on um i think self-control and white ferrari yeah,
0: probably. He's also, like, oh a really accomplished solo artist. He's worked with Tyler a whole bunch of times, too, man. God. He rules, yeah. Um, it's a very lo-fi bedroom pop soundtrack for a bedroom pop-ass movie.
1: It rocks. It's super tight. But, it, yeah, you will have to... It is going to be difficult because it is so weird, but, uh, like, once the the videos that she makes, like, start accumulating and you understand what this is, is, like, exploring that mundanity and stuff... It's it's very satisfying. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Right.
0: I think one of my favorite uh, shots of the year. Just to sorry, real quick. Yeah, is a uh, JLB walking through his house. Yeah, uh, bro.
1: So- it looks like also a New Jersey thing. It looks like a like a not the Soprano house, but like in that neighborhood. It's and it's so empty. It's
0: pretty fucking wild. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a really sad movie. All right, what yeah. you got?
1: Um, And then I watched Philly DA. Do you know about that? Or did you watch that?
0: No, Philly DA got that dope.
1: Yeah. The album was <laughs> Sheisty Season, folks. Yeah, it's called The Shisty Season, okay? Um yeah. Oh, wait, that's right. It's a... So, Philly DA is actually a PBS docuseries yep. that's coming out. So in the fest it played the first two out of the eight parts um and it follows the new philly d.a um larry krasner um it both like documents i mean starting from like his campaign to like probably the present you know um but yeah the first two parts are just like yeah his campaign and then the the big like shakeup that starts once he once he gets in. Right. Um, and it's a uh, really fucking solid. <laughs> really? really? Yeah. I, I really liked it. It's um it made me also think like, damn, I should have finished them City So Real because yeah. I also really like that.
0: Well, City So Real played last year's Sundance in a really similar way where it premiered like That's the first That's Right, like, it did handful of episodes and
1: then how did I forget that yeah yeah um so yeah good on Sundance for for yeah playing these things um it's like I don't know it's very very active um but it totally gets at like why Larry Krasner is like likable which is just like he seems like just a a lifelong like law nerd right who like who is also like a good person right like this is his shit yeah exactly so he's been an activist his entire life but now he's like an old like distinguished man and holding office of course um and it's literally like that bernie thing like i can't explain to you why everybody loves bernie like if you don't get it you don't get it so silly
0: man wears big glove what's not to love
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly um grumpy old man but it, it um, I don't know, it, it it really is setting the, uh, at least that second part, like, really starts to set the tone for, like, it seems like it's, everybody's getting ready to go to war, because he's already, he gets into office, a lot of people get fired, um, and uh, they go through, like, files that have been, like, deleted, and um, uncover, like, this conspiracy involving the police. and Swag. Uh, what is it like uh, him and like the police commissioner or, or like hate each other. It's um, yeah, it, it sets all that up. Hilarious Philly accents. Um, what's not to love baby.
0: So this was shot or this was directed, excuse me, by uh, Yanni Brooke and Ted Passon. And yeah. Yanni Brooke actually was cinematographer and I think producer on this phenomenal A twenty-four movie called Menasha. Did you ever watch Menasha?
1: The Oh no, I didn't. Joshua
0: Z. Weinstein starring Menasha Lustig as like himself, basically. Um, it's about the Hasids in, in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Uh, he's battling for custody of his his like teenage son, if I'm not mistaken. Bro, that movie, if you if you liked Philly DA, I know they're two completely different things but Minashe is like a really strong neorealist movie. Mm -hmm. Um, it's solid stuff. So I'm, I'm I'm pleased to see that these guys, this crew, you know, pivoted to something different, completely different, something like exciting. So now Philly DA sounds dope. This is, this is on my watch list. Yeah. I'm excited.
1: Um, and then lastly, I know this one we'll talk about for a while, is um, All Light Everywhere, the new um, Theo Anthony.
0: Yes, sir! <laughs> My sternum popped when I did that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir, Yep. I'm from another earth that they found. Mm-hmm. It's like this earth. <laughs> that's where dad. I'm from. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm from. Um It's it's uh go ahead.
1: <laughs> um let's see, all I everywhere is about um, the film explores like so.
0: the past, present, and future relationships between technology, vision, and power from arcane theories of sight to the emergence of virtual reality and police body camera programs. The film takes a kaleidoscopic investigation into how the reality of what we see is constructed through the tools that we use to see. Swag.
1: Yeah. Um, so did you like it? <laughs> you go first. <laughs> huh? You go first. Um, yeah, I like it. It's really good. Um, I don't know that I totally love like its approach, but like it's, I mean, it's still really good filmmaking, of course. Um, there's a lot going on. I'd like to watch it again, um, to hone in more on how I feel about it, but it's good. I really think that every review
0: of this movie should be posted with, like, a content warning that says, like, I've only seen this movie once.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Because I don't think any of us have any understanding about this movie, truthfully. This is... Yeah. This is Hits Blunt Cinema.
1: Bro, no, okay, Deadass, I was high when I watched it. Of course. <laughs> and I made sure to be, because I saw some reviews, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just do that then. Um, Jeez. And I tried to ride the wave, and I... I was getting bucked. I'm not gonna lie, but it was it was cool.
0: I watched this as a as Uh a happy and healthy teenage boy. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I think I think it's a perfect film. Uh, I don't I don't think more needs to be said than that. I think Theo Anthony, between, so I mean he holds a close spot to my heart because, the first year with LVFF I had Rat film played. and this is something that I remember egging West McDowell or one of her program directors on to program. So I, I like, I love, I loved rat film. I loved being able to see it in theaters. Then he mm-hmm. pivoted to subject to review this 30 for 30. He did about, um, instant replay in tennis. Did, have you seen oh, this yeah. one? Yeah.
1: No, I haven't.
0: Dude. It is. He's so smart. Yeah. He's so fucking smart. And then, of course, now you get all light everywhere. Bro, I really think there's, there is nary a documentarian as funny, as self effacing, (laughs) and as deeply intelligent, spiritually, emotionally, like all through every facet of that word as Theo Anthony is.
1: I think um, what would help, like, with people's approach to this um, is to go in knowing that this is an art film in the sense that it's, like, him using a visual form to express himself. And it's not, like, purely, like, this nonfiction documentary thing. It's... Yeah, has it, it, a whole other side going on.
0: <laughs> the fascinating thing about about all light everywhere is that it's exactly that. He's not attempting to to solve any problems. He's just trying to make sense of a world that does not make sense anymore. That's it. So he's drawing all of these insane conclusion or like comparisons. Excuse me, connections between very arcane subjects and hyper modern problems.
1: Yeah. I, I, that's the thing, I just don't know that works on me, it's, that, 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 um, I don't know, that, uh, there's something, like, uh, I don't know, police body cameras, like, the reasoning for them even existing is so fucking direct. Yeah. That, um, bringing all of this out to its, like, most abstract point, like, I don't know, like, it almost... I can't tell totally what it serves. I have to like... Son. What?
0: Homie hitting the... Can I get another take? Just so that he can do the retinal scan to get into Axon headquarters that is structured to look like the Batcave. That's all you need to know is that the arbiters of truth, the people who are disseminating this information... And making like deciding what we see—they're goofies. They're all fugazi. This whole thing is not decided by you or I. It's being decided by the vision of some dumb motherfucker in a too tight shirt with with Dockers
1: on. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah, I understand that. But again, it's like I don't know. Um, Wait, I made a note uh let's see oh yeah I just wrote down from what history does the future dream which is a bar
0: <laughs> uh-huh what does that mean Vincent <laughs>
1: it's a bar
0: <laughs> great okay um I'm excited to talk about all Light everywhere as we as we progress uh, through the, the year I also uh, think I, I I I think this is a good example of a movie. Not, not, I guess just for anybody listening, like, feel it. Just feel it. I don't yeah. know. He's in rat film, yeah. he's telling you humans are animals, and yeah. that that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just our nature. In subject to review, he's telling you that tennis is filmmaking, a lot like that other documentary that we watched. Um, What was that called? The John
1: McEnroe. Yeah, the
0: John McEnroe the realm of perfection, right? That yeah. one's telling you that film film is sport and then all I everywhere is just telling you that cinema is violence it's inherently a violent medium yeah i and it's just uh, explorations on that instead of having a gallery space or something like to to explore this stuff through photography or installation or anything like that he does it through film yeah i, I just i loved it
1: he he does say I'll cut this if you think it's a spoiler, but like at the end, he says that this was inspired like partly by, um, a, a classroom full of like black kids that he was teaching. Yeah. Um, and him like, basically like it was their first time taking control of their own images in his class. Yeah. Um, and while they were doing that, like he's also aware of how they're being perceived outside of their own eyes of themselves. Right. Um, and i wish that that was a thing that the film interacted with uh not like just right there at the end and i yeah i i don't know it like i said it's just dis, it's it's not that it's like unworthy of being said or like unworthy of being explored it's just that somehow it just feels a little bit distant from like an actual black body um yeah I think the
0: nexus of the film, the germ of it stems literally from a white dude trying to, to process that, that yeah. sequence of thoughts. So, I mean, I, I am going to push, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm an outsider, but I, I push back on the idea that it's not all about that. I think it is about the removal of image from self. Mm-hmm. Again, like the image of think about like, I don't know, like fucking George Floyd or something like that. The video that we see is not decided by him. It's yeah. decided by like white police officers. And these guys are all goofies. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it is intrinsically about, the the trauma that hey,
1: no i i think i'm i agree with what you're getting at it's just that it, it didn't interact with that as much as i wanted it to like in a direct way right i guess um but no it is absolutely about what you're saying yeah
0: that I mean, like the entire sequence with like the drone over Baltimore, the drone or the like autonomous plane. That is, I think that's a engaging with that directly, right? Like, I I, yeah, don't, yeah, I don't know. That, I think, the,
1: I, I, yeah,
0: I think a re- not not to say that you're misreading it. I'm not saying that, but I, I do think a rewatch might help both of us.
1: Yeah, I I do think so as well. So yeah,
0: this was great i can't wait to watch this again i'm this is another one where i was like cracking my fingers ready to type on Letterbox. like this whole well actually but yeah just thank you theo anthony for giving me this movie to live with forever i had the same reaction after i watched first cow where i'm like oh okay i'm like a different person now thank you yeah all right uh so th- is that the last one on on your list you wanted to talk about Yeah. All right, so I'm going to knock through some of these real quick. Um, Okay. I watched, uh, Hannah and I watched Misha and the Wolves. Yes. Directed by Sam Hopkinson. Do you know what this movie's about?
1: No. A
0: woman's Holocaust memoir takes the world by storm, but a fallout with her publisher turned detective reveals her story as an audacious deception to create created to hide a darker truth. So this, this old lady claims that she fled the Holocaust, and somewhere in Eastern Europe, she gets lost in a forest, and wolves take her under their care, um, and until she's able to—they to, they allow her to survive to get to where she needs to go, basically. Yeah. Which— like you, you've heard shit from my dad. That's literally like some Come on, shit, God. Yeah, um, I hated this fucking movie. Uh-huh. It is so butt. <laughs> it opens one of the one of the main like, I guess like, uh, visual callbacks that it uses. Obviously, because it's like tracking this like vast international multilateral conspiracy is like. Uh, a cork board with a whole bunch of this old lady's like pictures on it and then like p- drawing pins in there and tying strings and stuff like that it's like the Pepe Silva thing from Sunny but <laughs> Hannah Hannah really pointed out like you gotta be at least a little anti-Semitic to, to go through all of that dude <laughs> You gotta be, at the very least, Man. like, 1% anti-Semite to, to go through the trouble of being like, nah, this bitch is lying, dude. <laughs> Coming back from Temple I and being it. like, yo, I don't know, that bitch Misha. <laughs> She's on some shit, dude. Wolves? Really, son? Um it's it is it is a horrible documentary. My favorite review on Letterboxd is from the homie Taylor Baker, and he says, "Uh, or they say, excuse me, self-importance and an unreliable narrator, uninteresting." And then in hard, hard, uh, bold, written by Sam Hopkinson, emphasis on written. It is the mm. most directed piece <laughs> of shit. On the fucking planet. And the cinematographer is going to break your heart, Vince. This movie looks like shit. The cinematographer is, from, is Will Pugh, who also did the camera work for McQueen, which I thought looked
1: beautiful. Um, yeah. Damn.
0: This shit sucks. Uh, Netflix bought this movie. Uh, and okay. it feels like what you were talking about. This feels so in-house for them. This is literally like a true crime serialized podcast, uh, but on film. And, you know, you guys hopefully know, too. I hate that criticism of nonfiction filmmaking that this would have been better as a podcast. But yeah, the visuals to this are completely ancillary. They're an afterthought.
1: Fuck. You could
0: close your eyes and watch Misha and the Wolves and get more out of it than you would be watching it like straight on. I'm no. if we ever do it, if we are ever on a lay week and we want to do a player haters ball episode, this would be really up there. And then this next one, I think, would also be really good up there. A Glitch in the Matrix by Rodney oh, Asher. And-
1: Wait, OK, a glitch. Is this do they talk about Minecraft in this? one? <laughs> yeah, they do. I think Sophie was really frustrated by that. Or, I, Yeah. Wait,
0: did she watch it?
1: I don't think she finished. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't finish it
0: either. I walked out, virtual walkout. Um, oh shit! Yeah, so Rodney Asher directed Room Two Thirty Seven. Have you seen that one?
1: uh.
0: Uh-uh. Horrible, dumb documentary. Um, and The Nightmare, mm. which is about sleep paralysis, which I watched and did not like. He okay. is a, a shit documentarian who should quit his job. Um, he, d- Room Two Thirty Seven. I was trying to think like. Damn, how did I first watch this movie? You know who recommended that fucking movie to me and that's all I needed to know? Who? Doug Benson. Doug Benson was like...
1: <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yo, this is
0: the best movie <laughs> I've ever seen. And me as like a 13-year-old was like, holy shit, dude. What? I need they to... They
1: uncovered the secrets, The dude? moon landing?
0: It's garbage. A Glitch in the Matrix is so butt cheeks, dude.
1: Jesus.
0: Yeah, it is a... Uh, It's fucking horrible. It's a bunch of Reddit bros who are like, bro, I had deja vu, but like, I think there's something more to that, dude.
1: No, simply no.
0: It's garbage. Uh, it, and it's also really ugly. Um, damn hard pass. Hmm. Um, yeah, again, player haters, player haters ball. Of course that'd be fun. (laughs) Uh, there's this, uh, horror movie called knocking directed by Frida Kemp. Did you hear about this mm. one?
1: Um, let me see. I don't know. it's a, what's it about?
0: What is that noise? When Molly hears knocking <laughs> coming from the ceiling in her new apartment, she naturally searches for the source. Um, and then it's basically just everybody gaslighting her about what, where the knocking is coming from.
1: That's so funny.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Your review is so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, Hannah, I told Hannah I was gonna watch this one. Um, wouldn't you know it? This one just fell in my lap, so I didn't have to uh, yeah, pay for this one. Um, but I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna watch this one, and she was like, oh yeah, I heard that movie is just about like a woman hearing knocking, and then I was like, no way. And then it's literally just, about, it's literally just about some bitch hearing knocking.
1: No way. There's like literally
0: no way that that's just the, the movie. And then yeah. I pull it up and the screener link is like 75 minutes long. <laughs> Yo, wait, is this really just about, is this just, really? yeah. Um, yeah, it's bad. I'll defer to another really good Letterbox review on this one uh, by, uh, the homie Hayden Rhodes. Um, mm. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Everybody gangsta till the ceiling goes, and then it's just, <laughs> then it's just Morse code. What <laughs> of The funniest fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gangster till the ceiling goes <laughs> Bro. Ugh. Oh my god. I, I hit my computer too hard, my entire screen blacked out for like a second. <laughs> yeah. Something happened. Um God. Yeah, no. Uh it's No. Yeah, fuck that shit, dog. Um Users. Directed by Uh Natalia Almada. This is uh, the Tony Shay produced uh, Mexican documentary. It's about a mother wondering uh, whether her children will eventually love their technology more than they love her. Um, It is r slash is this deep, the movie. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not worth it. Um, Damn. That shit sucked ass cheeks.
1: Uh wait wait speaking of that though we we didn't even bring up that um, what's it called? Um, we're all going to the World's Fair is basically just a creepy pasta.
0: It is a creepy pasta. Yeah, and it rocks. And Anyways. it's awesome. It is very tight. Yeah. Um.
1: Um. Users sounds like butt.
0: Users is butt. Um. I bought Damn. a <laughs> ticket to it just because I thought it uh, Mexico. Obviously, I wanted to see what it was about. Um. And it's. No, it, there's nothing there. Um, Shit. It's it's so. What if big big screen bad, little screen also bad. The movie hmm. not good. Really pretentious narration. Uh, everybody wants to be Malik, but everybody's afraid of nature. Everybody wants to be Terrence Malik, but nobody believes in God. You feel me? You feel me, son? Uh, I watched the Pink Cloud, Vim Rosa, which is uh, directed by Luli Garbasi. Brazilian movie. All okay, right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll phrase it to you like this. Okay? Uh-huh. Modern Brazil. Yeah. And a pandemic strikes. <gasps> okay? Not for real. You think uh-huh. that movie's going to be political, right? Yeah. Bitch, you are wrong. Oh god! Yeah, it has the uh, it has the uh, the audacity to just pretend like Brazil is like New York.
1: <laughs> that is so. Funny. Yeah,
0: it's nonsense. Uh, it's a really bad
1: movie. Um, Rio de Janeiro's the new Calabasas.
0: Of course, O V O X O F B G. Uh, did you watch Primetime? Time,
1: movie? Uh. Oh, yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, Sophie watched it.
0: Yeah, I believe Sophie watched it. Um, Yeah. You you did not? Mm Mm-mm. Okay, so, on the last day of 1999, 20-year-old Sebastian locks himself in a TV studio. He has two hostages, a gun, and an important message for the world. The story of the attack explores a rebel's extreme measures in Last Resort. It is... Uh think Polish if i'm not mistaken and uh yeah. the main actor in this Bartosz Bielina or Bielenia is uh, also in Corpus Christi right he's getting a lot of raves for Corpus Christi he is okay. outstanding in primetime it's okay. it's like the most joker-pilled movie it takes pl- it takes place on y2k um mm. super super tight um it's like network and dog day afternoon
1: Um, Yeah, it sounds like it, yeah
0: It's tight Um, One of the best scenes I've seen so far this year Is featured in primetime I just wish the movie moved There's not a whole lot of energy to this movie at all It's really front-loaded, back-loaded And just nothing happening in between So Well Yeah All's well that ends well uh, let's see. Summer of Soul. Okay. Now, did you watch this one? This is a major. I did not. Okay. Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. Directed by Amir Questlove Thompson from The Roots. Yes, sir. Uh, this one got picked up by Hulu. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll be able to talk about this one later in the year. I do want to say he's credited, or the film is credited to him as a, a Questlove John. That's funny. Which is the most Philly shit on the planet. Yep. It's, uh... During the same summer as Woodstock, over 300,000 people attend the Harlem Cultural Festival, celebrating (laughs) African-American music and culture and promoting black pride and unity. The footage from the festival sat in a basement, unseen for over 50 years, keeping this incredible event in America's history lost until now. Can I ask... Why did were you just not feeling that the description?
1: Oh, no, I, I wanted to see it. You did. Yeah.
0: OK. I didn't have time. It is. Uh, I was pretty disappointed. This was the first movie of my 2021 fest. Damn. Yeah. Um. It's really long. Mm. It's 117 minutes long. Oh. Yeah. Uh and it doesn't move very much to anything at all. He it's it is exactly that thing that I was telling you about with um Edgar Wright and Sparks where Questlove is just so excited to see Nina Simone, Stevie Wonder, BB King, Mavis Staples, all these like heavy hitters, right? Yeah. And that's like
1: and then there there's nothing past it.
0: Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Man, yeah. Not, there's not a well, whole lot there. Yeah. Um well, I there's a good chance I'm wrong about this one. I get it.
1: Um I think people are kind of split on this. It seems like pretty down the middle. Really. Mostly favorable, but
0: I'm not mad that I watched it like at all. No, no, no. I just uh far be it for me to tell a director what to do, but I I really think there's a bit to be shaved off of this thing and then you'd get you'd get a a punching kicking machine ready to go. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I watched Hive. Are you aware of Hive? This one won uh, a couple of awards. On the last day of the fest. Uh, this is from Kosovo, uh, directed by Blair Dabisholi. Uh okay. It's about the uh, missing people of Kosovo in the wake of like the civil war, political conflict. Um, mm. Wife is missing her husband. She has to carry on the business of making honey. Mm. Um, this and uh, are you aware of Luzu? Um, no. Luzu is a mal- Maltese film okay. about a fisherman oh you're gonna yeah. love luzu
1: i wanted to see this it's, yeah
0: luzu is all non-actors um but Damn. both luzu which i i really enjoyed and hive which i thought was okay are both it's weird because the same sundance two neo neo-realist films from two completely underrepresented countries in world cinema right kosovo and malta mm-hmm Fascinating stuff that something in our universe just happened to make these movies like manifest like simultaneously. Um, Yeah, I won't go long on it. Hive is fine. Luzu is spectacular. I think you're really going to like Luzu.
1: Yeah, my mom talks about Malta a lot. (laughs) Why? I think she really she's been there.
0: Really? Does she know Mayor Pete and his dad?
1: Oh, wait. What?
0: They're Maltese Malton. Malta Maltese. Oh my goodness! Someone That's, correct me.
1: Okay, never mind then. She doesn't like Malta. <laughs> no, she hates Malta. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, my all my friends hate Malta. Malta. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Mass. Do you know about Mass?
1: Mass. Tell me about Mass.
0: Fran Con's movie uh, about uh, the aftermath of a school shooting. Um, mm-hmm. The parents of both the victim and the perpetrator meet face to face.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like an hour, what, 50 minutes worth of uh, parents talking. I think pete would appreciate this one just because it's a clinic. Strong performances. Mm -hmm. That's it. For sure. Politically, a big wash. I don't even know where to start, so I'm not going to. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Sparks Brothers. All right. On the count of three. Yeah. You
1: watched this, right? Um, I don't think so, no. The Gerard movie? No, I missed it.
0: I thought you watched it. Now I'm so sad. Man.
1: I want to see it.
0: It's solid. It's so sad.
1: It sounds sad. It's so sad. How's how are Gerard's chops?
0: Great. That's
1: what I'm talking about.
0: He's a good actor, and he's a really solid director. It's the type of movie where you feel like he's doing so much in it, but you know, yeah. like that second that second feature. Once he got his wiggles out with this one, is going to be rock solid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um and yeah. Christopher Abbott is insanely good in this king. Yeah, he's he's really fucking funny.
1: He's got to pop off as an indie darling already. Like Jesus Christ.
0: He wins the award for craziest white boy 2021 for sure.
1: <laughs> him and Joe Biden. <laughs> no for real.
0: It's him and and, and Joe, dude. I
1: ain't, I ain't no white boy like me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> I also want to say J.B. Smoove is in this. Let's go, Barack Obama. <laughs> I got long ass, long ass balls? Got you got long <laughs> balls, Jerry. Um, yeah, he's in this and he's giving a completely dramatic performance. But Let's there's this, there's this character trait Vince. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil this one joke for you, and it won't nearly be as funny, obviously, because you're not watching the movie. But he 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 he, he plays Gerard's dad. Uh-huh. And it's his first time seeing his son in a really long time. And he keeps on telling him, reminding his son that if he, he's like, well, you fucked up your opportunity to go to five guys and get some double, double burgers. He says five guys. and Then he says double, double burgers, <laughs> like, bro. He, you missed your, you, you missed bitch. your opportunity to go to McDonald's and get a Whopper. Son.
1: <laughs> son. It's really not that hard. JB jb he says he wrote the words down for you (laughs) no oh my god
0: it's so funny lavelle crawford is in this the big homie okay do you know know who i'm talking about right from breaking bad uh
1: oh yeah that's who that is okay yeah i was like i know that name
0: first first scene out the gate dropping slurs it's so good
1: Let's go. Yeah,
0: he's really funny. Um I don't know. There's some genuinely like beautiful sequences in this movie. Um mm. some of it felt pretty fleeting obviously cuz it's like a buddy movie. Um but uh I I mean it, it is it is Gerard's movie. It's Gerard's story, but the Christopher Abbott narrative is like impeccable. Really strong Damn. stuff there.
1: Yeah. Damn. Um
0: Okay, real quick, the most beautiful boy in the world.
1: I'm jealous. Okay, was it was it Big Gas?
0: I loved this shit, man. It's hard, actually it's hard to say that you loved something like this, but like, right? It's a really strong stuff. Um, it seems cool. In 1971, due to the world premiere of *Death in Venice*, Italian director Lucio Visconti proclaimed his. Tazio, this actor Bjorn Andersen, as the world's most beautiful boy, a shadow that today, 50 years later, weighs heavy on his life. Um, directed by Christian Petri and Christina Lindstrom. Um, mm-hmm. It's horrifying. It is. It sounds like it. Horrifying. This.
1: Have you seen Death in Venice? No,
0: I have not. Have you? Yes. Is it good?
1: Um It's fine. Like it's just weird. Would <laughs> like, you smash or
0: pass on Death nah, in Venice? No, i am not. What?
1: Oh, uh what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. N- no. How many um, hard ass beat claps out of 5 would you give it?
1: Oh, I don't know. Whatever I gave it on Letterboxd or whatever. Gosh. Gotcha. It's really pretty though. Really? Yeah. Well. Visconti's that dude. He, in that way. he
0: was some kind of dude, I'll tell you that. Mm. <laughs> I
1: appreciate this
0: movie for not specifically making any assertions, but the uh, the blood is on his hands, as it were. Mm.
1: Um, but I, I, I can't wait to get to the part where he says that um, that main actor is that view to follow the boy in the wild.
0: <laughs> that scene is horrifying.
1: Wait, for real? <laughs>
0: You're going to feel bad, son. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah. This movie fucking ruined me, dude. Shit. It's uh, this man, Bjorn Anderson, had a very sad life. And th- this movie does narration- really well because it's mostly Bjorn Andrew or Anderson narrating for himself, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. and then the ending of this movie sends chills up my spine. Every time I think about it, it is perfect poetic documentary filmmaking. It's really, really strong, very evocative stuff in there. Um, I watched in the earth, which is my bad take for this year. Uh, this is the ben, oh, let's go. ben Wheatley movie. Yeah. It's a uh, film. Wait.
1: Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> filmed entirely during
0: COVID. Uh, as a deadly virus ravages the world, Dr. Martin Lowry embark- embarks on a mission to reach a test site. Uh, bah, 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 bah. He meets people in the forest. Stuff happens, right? Um, you remember I was honking like a goose after Possessor? Yeah. I did a lap after watching In the Earth. This shit is <clears throat> bonkers town, dude. It's fucking wild. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say too much. It rocks. It's so fun. Uh, I'm scared of mushrooms. That's all you Shit. need to know. Um, Shit. I don't remember who said it. I think it might have been Tavion called it Boneless Annihilation, but let's get it.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then the, the final piece I want to talk to you about is In the Same Breath, directed by Nan yes. Fu Wong. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how did the Chinese government turn pandemic cover-ups in Wuhan into a triumph for the Communist Party? Ye, this is this is going to be... This is a necessary episode we have to have at some point. For sure. We, and we can talk about it with Coronation. be perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Um, are you familiar with Nanfu Wong? No. She directed... Uh, hooligan sparrow and one child nation um oh yeah okay yeah both of them hooligan sparrow being very critical of censorship in the ccp and then one child nation being about the the one child policy um yeah in the same breath is crazy making it's 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 just like the most (laughs) Mm -hmm. god's eye view on like what was happening in China and the U S at like the same exact time. And it does the Theo Anthony thing where it says like the U S and, and communist China are guilty of the same exact shit. It is so smart. Damn. It's dude. It's, it's the connections she makes between like, cause she opens up, I'll say this and then I won't go into it more, but like she opens with like a whole bunch of like zealotry of supporters of the communist party in China. Right. Like Mm -hmm. lots of people talking about how they're willing to like die for president Xi and like glorious president Xi and stuff like that. And you're like, Oh man, these people look fucking crazy. And then she points the camera back to the U S at like Trumpers or like neolibs. And it's like, it's the same exact thing obviously like Shit. that's not a crazy and intelligent thing to make, but it's just yeah. brave. I guess that you would include that in a movie that is meant to be like purchased and seen by a bunch of dumb Americans. Yeah. Really smart. Damn. Yeah. I, uh, I, it's also pretty short. It's only like 95 minutes long. This movie is a fucking haymaker, dude.
1: Let's go.
0: Yeah. I, uh, Add her to the list of directors I'm surprised that get to live.
1: Oh shit.
0: Yeah. She's uh How did they try getting Alex Alexi Navalny with like poison underpants? I wouldn't be oh, surprised okay. yeah. if they pull some yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh in the same breath, hopefully we'll you guys will be able to see that one soon. That is a that's a good movie, folks. <clears throat> that's all i got man
1: for sure um yeah what was your year.
0: what was your best of the fest give us your top three right now son
1: uh
0: sheist. pooh sheisty
1: <laughs> pooh sheisty's uh, new
0: album sheisty season approaching is available on streaming services everywhere
1: yeah i guess um i guess we're all going to the world's fair that's your best of the fest? I guess. Okay. You got
0: you got a top three or nah? Uh...
1: I guess... Actually, yeah, I guess kind of these last three. That, um, Philly DA, and All Light Everywhere. Gotcha.
0: Solid yeah. trio. You feel like this year is stronger, as strong, or less strong than previous years?
1: Um... I I, <clears throat> I feel like there is something at least there's always at least something like more interesting in in fiction that is like available like documentaries are always solid at Sundance and stuff you can always find bangers but right. like I don't know I feel like there was less good variety at, in fiction stuff
0: I think I'd be inclined to agree with you yeah yeah I agree um yeah I think I think the docs were especially spicy this year. Um my top three, I think, is, is all light everywhere in the same breath and in the earth. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Um three movies that in many way are just saying the exact same thing. <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a whole different episode, I suppose, but I don't know. I think it was uh, Sorry, I was up all late all night listening to Shiesty season. Um, I think yeah. it's a really strong year compared to a couple years back. So, I'm pleased with virtual Sundance, man. Yeah, yeah.
1: I. It also, yeah, their whole interface, everything went so smooth. They no did snags. Perfect.
0: No snags. Yes, sir. All right, guys, that is uh going to be it for this episode of Doc Plus Pod. If you guys want to uh, connect with us, tap in, as it were, go to uh, Instagram, DocPlusPod, Twitter, DocPlusPod. I am at underscore RuckRears on Twitter. Vince, mm-hmm. you are?
1: At VPBrisco.
0: Yep, and the album is Shiesty Season, folks.
1: That's it. It's season. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, thanks for uh, listening. Bye. Rest in peace, Christopher Plummer. Yeah, RIP. Rest in peace, Sophie. RIP. Goodbye, guys.